this is Book Horde. I'm Megan. I'm Denise. And today is a very special episode because instead of a book, we are discussing a movie. A movie adaptation of a book. So, yeah, so it still counts. (laughs) So, we're still doing our usual shit. I feel like this movie has such a strong, controversial presence on the book community I, right now that we needed to talk about it. I already have a social commentary video from one of my favorite YouTubers saved that I want to watch after this just to see what she says. But I'm like, really? I want to see that shit. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Well, but, for those of you who don't know, um, because you haven't looked at the title and you just hit play for some reason, we are talking about uh, Persuasion, the 2002 Netflix movie that came out. Uh, 2022. Did I say 2002? I heard 2002. <laughs> We're about about 20 years behind, so sorry. We're using Internet Explorer, but (laughs) they finally got a hold of of the 2007 one. Um, (laughs) In 15 years, we'll talk about 2022. (laughs) So in uh, 2022, Netflix adaptation of Persuasion. And this one has been a hot topic on the big community since the trailer came out. Um, 100%. Especially if you were like me, who is a total classic books nerd, but you are especially a Jane Austen stan, and you're on Austen Twitter, you know that this, this movie uh, has caused some shit. <laughs> 100%. Every time I, when Facebook was trending the trailer for it, I would just check the comments because I love to see <laughs> that shit. All the top comments were hating on uh, Anna. I was like, damn. The movie and, hasn't yeah. Come, and the movie hasn't even come out and they're already shitting on it. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we both watched it. And this is the first time we're talking about it. I'm so curious to hear your thoughts. I I've I have no idea what you thought about it. I don't know. I feel like you might I feel like you would be the one to be able to guess how I thought about it, like whether or not you're right is the question. But I feel like you have what did you, you would have been able you, to guess more accurately. <laughs> what do you think I thought about it? And I'll say what I think you thought about it. What do you, what do you think I rated it first? I don't think you I liked thought. it. I don't think you liked it. I think you gave it a two out of five. Okay. I feel like you gave it maybe a three, three and a half. Okay. What did you give it? What would you I give it? Okay. okay. Don't judge me. I would give it a four. But with like, like a bunch of notes, a bunch of notes attached. What did you give it? I would have given it a one point five out of two. Oh <laughs> like, my god! <laughs> like a one point five or two out of five. Like so, we were I... both wrong. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Okay, huh? I was so excited. I was so excited for this adaptation when I heard about it. And when they released pictures for it, because they released, like, pictures for it, like, with pictures of, um, uh, Dakota Johnson as Anna, as Anne, damn it, you have me doing Anna. (laughs) Dakota Johnson as Anne, um, Cosimo as, uh, Uh, Wentworth. Frederick. And um, Henry Golding. and Henry Golding as Mr. Elliot. They released pictures of them um, as the characters uh, quite a while back, and I really got excited for it because I've been wanting a adaptation of Persuasion that I that gave me the same kind of vibes and love as the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Um, mm-hmm. 
Because I know there's, like, so much discord about, oh, 1995 versus 2005, Pride and Prejudice. Uh, I love both. I think, I think they're both awesome. They are great for different reasons. Like, if you are a purist and you want that book to screen, like, near perfect adaptation, the two, the 1995 is the one to go to. But if you just want a shorter, quick, modern, aesthetically pleasing Pride and Prejudice of the book has yeah the content. Yeah, two thousand five is great. Um because I feel like we'll get into it. Okay, I'll bring up two thousand five Pride and Prejudice again. Uh <laughs> but I, I really thought that this persuasion was going to be that, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm really bummed. Um, when the trailer came out, I was... Horrified. Um, I wasn't horrified. I tried to be a little more optimistic than others, but I remember thinking, like, oh, no. Yeah. This is... This is not looking good. And I was telling myself, like, okay, listen, they're, maybe they did the trailer this way because they're trying to get, like, Appeal people to younger who... Audience. Exactly. Or people like, who are not familiar with Jane Austen's books. Exactly. And, um, you know, I feel like period, piece, period pieces are such a, um, I feel like are such, like, a risk for some, like networks uh because like they're not for everyone but i feel like bridgerton has changed that so i was like okay coattails of bridgerton yeah and so it's like okay this maybe this trailer is trying to get those people but like the actual movie is going to be more what persuasion is and people will still love it but they actually gave it a chance because of the trailer like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I was hoping, and that's not what happened. Yeah. Um, I feel that on pretty much all the points you said. I did do my homework for this, by the way, some of my homework, and I did watch t- the 2007 Persuasion adaptation. Mm-hmm. So I had something to compare it to besides the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have thoughts, obviously, that's why I rated it a little <laughs> bit more higher than you. Um, so, but, like, I feel like also you would, after watching that, like, you would like this one better, I feel like. I don't know. Not to, I still like both adaptations, like, both earlier adaptations of Persuasion, mm-hmm. but... They were more, like, trying to go with the 1995 Pride and Prejudice vibe than the 2005 one, and I feel like it was kind of, like, detriment towards it, you know, like, because they weren't series, you know, um, so, I guess, do you want to start with what we liked or what we don't liked? (laughs) So, let me start with why I rated it so highly. Just so you're not, like, secretly hating me, okay? I'm not secretly (laughs) hating you, I promise. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so I rated it so highly because I feel that this movie struggled with the same thing that um, Aisha Last by Uzma Jalaluddin which we mm-hmm. did an episode for on the pod, which was a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice, right? And that mm-hmm. if you don't know the original source material on its own, that book and this movie, I think, are really solid. And I mm-hmm. think that especially this movie, the humor, the characters, really appeals to a modern audience and what is essentially, like, millennial humor, I feel. But mm-hmm. as a Jane Austen fan and knowing the book... And having watched at least the 2007, it really isn't a persuasion book. And if it was titled anything else and didn't even say what it brought its source material from, I think it would have been mm-hmm. fine. But because you go into it expecting persuasion and it's not, not even the vibes, it's really just like 
some of the major plot points and the character names that really is persuasion. But so here's my argument against that, though. Okay. Here's my argument against that, though. Mm-hmm. Go. I feel like you're right. This mm-hmm. would have been, if it was just a period piece, I probably would have liked it more. Um, why make it a persuasion adaptation? I feel like they shouldn't have gone with persuasion then. Um, exactly. Persuasion is a very different type of story than what we got. If you had just decided to do, like, if you decided, okay, like, let's take persuasion, but turn it into something different. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, let's but yeah. make our own story somewhat inspired by persuasion, but, like, it will be a completely different thing. Like, it would have been perfect. Or if they have decided to do, say, Northanger Abbey, or, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the fact that they did persuasion, persuasion is such a different story, so why would you yeah. do it this way? Like, that's my problem. And and that's why I, I say, like, it, since you know, you know Jane Austen, you know Persuasion especially, mm-hmm. you know that the book's vibes are completely different. I think the 2007, at least the one, you know, the one I saw, did it well, the more serious vibe that you get from Anne and from the story. And this mm-hmm. one went a very comedic route, very non-serious, which is not what Anne or Persuasion is about. But I feel like if you don't know Persuasion, then you, like, the movie gets away with it. And I say that because mm-hmm. I watched I watched both the 2007 and the 2022 with my husband, and he has not mm-hmm. read any Jane Austen. And to him, he loved this one. He was like, really? this is hilarious. Like, this, I really like this. The humor is spot on. And I was like, I was like, afterwards i was like this is nothing like the book by the way you remember the 2007 one right that's more to the mm-hmm. book and he's like really he's like he's like that one was nice but this one was hilarious so to mm-hmm. him he was like you know that it worked for him yeah so i watched this reader. with two people who i watched this with two people who hadn't read persuasion either and they had a different take on it as well oh, really? um Ooh, yeah they they were, like, okay with it, but, like, one of them was still quite confused about some parts, or, um, and the other one was, like, uh, my friend, uh, so I watched it with my friends B and Rachel, and, uh, Rachel's a therapist, and so you, I feel like that's going to color her opinions on some things. Because, like, she straight up said, she's like, this guy isn't, like, about Wentworth. He's like, why is Anne with him? He's not a strong enough man for her. Like, she, like she's like, I don't, because she's, she is shown to be, like, so, like, independent, witty, like, in this move, in this movie. That, like, I feel like, yeah, you can kind of question why she would go with Wentworth, considering, like, what he like how we kind of treated her you know mm-hmm. um but um i don't know like we'll get into that more i feel like when we get to casting as well mm. yeah i excuse me um my husband is a big rom-com fan that is his favorite mm, genre yeah so maybe so that's he would love what this. it is for yeah. Me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's probably like what got him. Um, I think mm-hmm. like because one of the issues he had with the 2007 is the way they would look at each other when the other person wasn't looking. That they would just that's kind how of, it's like, supposed smolder. to be. And I was like, I was like, that's Jane Austen though. That's romance. And he's like, what? This isn't romance. And, and so when he saw the second one and they would like stare at each other from across the room, he's like, that's how you do it. And I'm like, yeah, because that's modern romance where you mm-hmm. have to like look at each other with love and like longing. But also I feel like the 2007 one really captured that that feeling from the book, which is what I was mm-hmm. expecting, longing, not um, 
you know, it, confessing your feelings from the very first moment you meet someone, which is what this one did. But to oh someone God, that watches rom-com, like my husband, it was refreshing because that's what he expects. It had mm-hmm. all the modern romance tropes that he loves and that they do. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, yeah, it's great for... Then, for me, it's like, it should have just been a rom-com. Like, it should have been a different story. Persuasion yeah. is a longing story. It is a yes. mature story. Like, why yes. are we... Why am I seeing Anne Elliot about to shit or pee in the woods? Like, what is happening? Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> that part happened. I was like... I was like... I just, in my head, thought, oh, my God. All the Jane Austen fans are going to be fucking pissed. And but even had- that... Even that I could have gotten away with. Like, if it had just been Anne Elliot. Anne Elliot is so... <sighs> she's so different. She's mature. serious, mature. She and caring. Um, they didn't even have mm-hmm. like an or uh, what's the the widow scene that two thousand seven had. You know, establishing Anne as a person that really cares about other people to where she would even visit a local yeah. widow. And in this one, she's just mm-hmm. really good with kids. <laughs> she's really good with kids, and she's witty and sarcastic, and I'm like. This isn't Anne Elliot, which yeah. is part of the charm, I feel, of this. Because we we get the witty we get the witty main girls all the time. Like Jane Austen has them. We've got Elizabeth Bennett. We've got Emma Woodhouse. Mm-hmm. We've got even um Eleanor we got even Eleanor from Sense and Sensibility, Eleanor Dashwood, okay? She, yeah. But Anne Elliot is a mature woman who has, she's older, she's 27, which for us is young, okay? But back then it wasn't. Like, picture <laughs> as if she was in her, picture as if she was, like, in her mid-30s, like, that's the kind of yeah. mindset she's in as a 27-year-old. Like, she is a woman who... At this point, like, it is expected that she should have been married and had a couple kids. Like, she should be more settled in her life than she is. But because and of a decision she made, it she's not. But she still has that maturity. And... And her character I, <sighs> serves as a dichotomy to the people around her. And how, yes. even by society yes. standards... She, uh, they got their shit together and she doesn't. In reality, she's the one that is mature, that has handled life. And especially thinking of her sisters, her father, um, the other Mm -hmm. people, she is the one that does technically have her shit together. And I think that... Yes. Thinking of this movie, they reflected the, you know, the chaos of the people around her. But she was part of that chaos, and it didn't make sense mm-hmm. because Anne Elliot is supposed to be a rock. Anne Elliot is not her a rely chaos. On. Yeah, yeah, she's not a chaotic character. She is stability, and in this movie, it did not reflect who her character was supposed to no, be. No, this movie didn't reflect that so much that they had to create a scene where Wentworth tells us she's super stable. Like, we had to be told she is because they didn't show it to us, which is so annoying on so many levels. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And that when um, Louisa hurts her head and Wentworth says, oh, we can rely on Anne and her sister Mary's like, the fuck? What you mean? I'm reliable, too. And I'm I'm like, what do you mean uh, Anne is reliable? The girl Mm -hmm. that put a a bread basket on her head and jam on her face when you met her like come on (laughs) but yeah she but okay so let's let's go to casting really quick okay? okay i think dakota johnson was could have been a great aunt I think if they had let her do what Anne is supposed to be, I think Dakota Johnson could have done it. I do. I think she's a great actress. I think she could have done it. Um, 
I don't know, like, if she's the one who wanted this to be Anne. Like, if she wanted to be that witty person or what. Um, it's probably just the director that yeah. was in for the whole. And so, but because of that, it makes me think, like, oh, this was a miscast. But it wasn't. I think if she had been given the opportunity, I think she could have been great. Um I think the actors did well with what they were given. They were given, yeah. Yeah. Cosimo, Cosimo Jarvis, who plays Wentworth, I had to rewatch it to really get behind him. I think he actually did better than Dakota did in terms of longing. I think he actually mm-hmm. tried to give us longing more than Dakota did. Um, yes. Because he would have these looks on his face where, like, like at that dinner where she decides not to sit with him, like, you can see that, like, he felt it, you know? He he gave me, um, was it 2005 Pride and Prejudice? Is that the year? He definitely yeah. gave me Darcy vibes that just, like, longing on his face. I think he did really yeah. well. I think he did really well, but I don't think he was given enough opportunities to shine. Yep. I I don't think he was given enough opportunities to shine because we were so focused on making witty Anne that we pushed strong, longing Wentworth to the side. And I'm like, that's such a mistake because if people don't love Darcy, the one they love is Wentworth. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Yeah. Especially... Thinking of the 2007 one, I feel that when um, Mr. William Elliot showed up, I feel that you could sense that triangle with Anne. And this mm-hmm. one, it felt like Miss, like Mr. William Elliot showed up and just fucking knocked him out of the ring and said, Wentworth, you're done. Mm-hmm. There was no actual, like, it, like there were scenes on the screen, but it didn't really and, feel like and, they were fighting. It just really well, felt like one was winning. <laughs> Well, yeah, because let's talk about the fact that because they made Anne the Anne that she is in this movie, she actually makes more sense with Elliot than she does with Wentworth, in my opinion. Like, they yeah. fit better together. Mm-hmm. Like, they had witty repertoire. Like, they they had, like, this chemistry of, like, banter and flirting. And I'm like, so, like, what are you trying to do here? <laughs> here, like... I mean, it's hard because already you already have Henry Golding as, like, Elliot. Like, so, of course, like, people are going to root for him because it's Henry fucking Golding. But, like... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But because you have Anne being the Anne that she is, like, it's like, yeah, she should be with Elliot. Like, because they seem to have a lot of fun together. Yeah, they were both, like, strong-minded individuals who just, like, it didn't feel like they were, like, knocking heads. It felt like they were just at the right energy. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like we did still get the vibe that he was kind of swarmy, like... Yeah. They were, like, you know what I mean? Where he, call, like, where he told... calls her his creature, and she's like, don't call me creature. Hold on. And oh, I says, hate that scene, though. He says, oh, we'll talk about <laughs> it. I was like, you fucking bitch. But I think that, in general... Mm-hmm. He didn't really In have. general, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think Henry actually did a really good job at, like, keeping some of that down. Like, he gave us hint of his swarminess, but he also, I feel like, did get us thinking, like, yeah, like, I could totally see you being the one for her. Like, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then the ending just fucked that up, but don't get me started. Um... Especially so I his feel honesty. Like... like, I want to add his honesty with her. Of, I mean, as an Austin fan, I, I thought, why would you tell her your secret evil plans? But seeing mm-hmm. it on screen, like, not thinking about persuasion or anything, I, I thought it was mm-hmm. hilarious. You know, I appreciated his candor with her, and I yeah, felt exactly. that connection between them, which is not what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so... Supposed to be... that just kind of annoyed me too like the changing Anne's entire person changes the story and not in a good way I feel like so they could honestly like if this was just a fun rom-com period drama it would be great I feel like I do but Mm -hmm. 
But that's not the story, and they fucked it up. And I'm mad about it. <laughs> okay, can we talk about my favorite character? Who is it? Who is it? Mary. Say, yes! 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 She was my favorite character, too. The actress who was Sick. Mary, Sick. on par. The actress who was Mary, I was like, you are, you are the... Most on point person in this movie. You were Mary. Of Mary. Oh, I was like, oh, give this, give her the awards. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, she was Mary. She did so well. Like, my, um, so my friend Rachel, my friend Rachel, the therapist, the reason I bring up she's a therapist is because she hated Mary so much. That's because she looks at her as like, this is a horrible person. Whereas I'm like, she's a horrible person. Like, <laughs> I mean, she's a person that in real life you would absolutely hate, but you mm-hmm. love to see her on the screen because it's hilarious <laughs> to see what she says and what she fucking does is, oh my God, she's, she's pure like chaos. Yes. I love it. And I, she was the best. I, I I feel like a lot of people from what I've like listened to about this other um like about th- from other like Austin podcasts who um have talked about this movie, like I feel like it's an agreement that Mary and even Sir Walter, the dad, yes, were like the highlights was, because they were spot yes, on. Because spot they were on. written like persuasion is not this camper rom-com but it's but mary and sir walter like that was them like they were they still provided us with yeah like so they were spot on i loved it mary was great i was like this actress she was perfect choice yes both both mary and the dad sir walter were top notch um Mm -hmm. i love seeing them on the screen i felt Mm -hmm. that that was that was the one point where i could agree it was done really well for them Mm -hmm. and i love mary um speaking of mary when she essentially was like ew children i I was like (laughs) mood i was like i told my husband tag yourself i'm mary (laughs) (laughs) um Speaking of Mary, I do want to bring up really quick. So the scene, when I first watched this, the scene that really turned me more against this movie than anything else was the dinner scene where they decided to have Anne fucking Elliot be like, hey, he wanted to marry me instead. I was, I was like, what the fuck? First off, Anne would never, but second off, Anne no one never. in their right no one in their right, right mind would ever. Who the fuck would ever think they should say, like, in front of the whole family, including the sister that she's technically badmouthing here, like, yeah, he didn't want to marry her. He wanted to marry me. Like, I, who the fuck? I think it's in line with the side plot they had going for Anne that she was an alcoholic. <laughs> Just um, a functioning oh alcoholic. So, I mean, maybe she drank a ton before it. I That's the only way it fits in this fucking movie. But mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck happened that scene. It was weird. Her alcoholism is really a second plot line. It really is. Because <laughs> that scene... And then her and the um, the dream, like the octopus dream scene, those like her alcoholism is the only thing that makes sense for her to say that, like, to just be like, she must have just taken like ten shots before walking in there, and was just like, "Hey, I'm an octopus in my dream." Like, oh my God, she's a, she's I a functioning alcoholic in this. I don't know why. I don't know and where they I got even, that from. I I because they're trying to make it modern, like the modern, like at the beginning when she's like, "I drink wine, I'm thriving," like you know, like doing that. Hashtag, which, hashtag wine and <laughs> which, like, I still feel like I could have gotten behind with the alcohol alcoholism, like as a funny like side plot. 
if they hadn't been so blatant with it, like, if they just had her do it, but not have it be mentioned so fucking much, and, like, those other scenes, too, like, I feel like that could have been a fun, like, a funny thing for us to see. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, they would have serious scenes, or something would happen, and mm-hmm. then it cuts to Anne just fucking chugging, chugging a Jaeger bottle by herself. Yeah, exactly. At 2pm on a Tuesday. <laughs> Ex- exactly. So, th- I guess that brings us to the other thing that I, like, you, when I mentioned, like, have it be mentioned so much. What did you think of the narration? Oh, uh, me and my husband hated it. We were, I hated it. Straight up. From the beginning, I felt so uncomfortable. I didn't understand why they did it. I like the standard narration when someone just talks as if they're, like, um, playing back their memories and they're telling you about it. Or as mm-hmm. if you're reading their diary. But the when you have a narrator that speaks at the camera, I feel that's very youthful, very lighthearted. Which fits well, with the very movie, much, I guess. But. Well, so a lot of people are comparing this movie, like, they're saying this is, like, the Fleabag version. I don't know if you've ever watched Fleabag. You should if you haven't. It is amazing. But, like, part of the, part of in Fleabag is if you, you have this witty, like, alcoholic, independent. Oh, really? But, like, not so thriving woman, like who does those, like, takes at you, and they're funny, like, and they work in Fleabag. Um, not so much here, I totally get. I feel like... I feel like the reason they did it is because Persuasion is a very hard film to adapt because so much is in our thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I feel like that was their answer to it. And maybe it could have, if this, if it had been done a little differently, maybe with some more somber things, instead of the whole, like, witty, like, look at camera, like, <laughs> like, it could have been better, maybe? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that also seems to be a really big sticking point with a lot of people, not just, like, Austin fans, is the hating that. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's good you mentioned Fleabag, because I couldn't think of a good, um, I think the only one that comes to mind that does it really well is Emperor's New Groove. (laughs) 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 It's iconic, with the way Cusco just pauses, he's like, how did I get here? (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, that would be so funny. Which is not what I see Anne doing. Maybe mm-hmm. Northanger Abbey, you know, There's, like cut okay, to her in the. Can we like, just agree? <laughs> can we just agree? This movie just should have been Northanger Abbey. Who the director up. should have just decided to do Northanger Abbey. Like if this had been Northanger Abbey, it would have yes. been so good. It would have been funny. Like I would have yeah. been on top. Like. Oh my god! Like it's such a missed opportunity. Okay, I'm sorry. The director would have done Northanger Abbey so fucking well. I don't know why she, wanting a kind of comedy adaptation, I don't know why she chose Jane Austen's most serious novel. (laughs) I know. I know. Oh, my God. I think any other would have worked okay and not given her so much shit for it and i think northanger abbey would have been 100% the best one but persuasion was the mm-hmm. absolutely wrong fucking choice it was the wrong fucking choice and i'm like like you said like i don't know why maybe it's because like i feel like if you were to ask people like okay what are like the top jane austen books it's going to be Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, Emma, or Persuasion. Like, Northanger Abbey, I feel like, gets knocked down a lot. Like, it gets forgotten a lot. Because it is a little bit sillier. Like, because it was written when Jane was, like, in her teens. Like, it was her first book that... Well, it wasn't her first book written, but it's her first book she sold, technically. 
And so I feel like the only thing at Abbey and Mansfield Park kind of get just like pushed to the side. And then the ones focused on are those like are Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, Emma, and Persuasion. Well, you can't do Pride and Prejudice. It's been done before already, recently. I mean, one argues that Persuasion has been done too, but not to the same, um, like... Level. Like, iconic level. Yeah, 2005 is still very iconic for a lot of Jane Austen fans. Um, Sense and Sensibility, you have, um the Emma Thompson movie that I feel like just has so many people afraid to touch that book now. You know, Andrew Davies did that miniseries in 08 that people have mixed feelings about, but the Emma Thompson movie, I feel like just makes people really scared to touch Sense and Sensibility, which I think she also could have done fairly well. Like, Sense and Sensibility is still a really funny book. Especially with Marianne, her character could have been Mary <laughs> on a more likable well, level, that, though. <laughs> Eleanor is really funny. Like, even Eleanor is really funny. Like, a lot of it's, like, inside, but, like, she's a funny, sarcastic character, you yeah. know? Um, And then you're not going to do Emma because Emma was just recently adapted. Like, like literally, like, what, 2021, 2020? Like, so... Yeah. It was, I feel like they were like, okay, then let's do Persuasion. And it's like, mm, poor choice. Yeah, someone should have stopped her at the door. <laughs> should have stopped the writers, the directors, the the producers, and been like, did you really think about this? Like, Yeah. I, I really wish that, um, I really wish that they had just done a different story. I wish they had done Northanger or Sense and Sensibility. Um, but Northanger, I feel like this director, I think, could have knocked Northanger Park out, Northanger Abbey out of the park. I really do. Catherine in that one room she thinks is haunted, just the camera. Oh my god. And she goes full Cusco. You might be wondering how I got here. Yeah. And she's like, like, (laughs) it's like there's shit around her that looks so scary. And she's just like, it would have been perfect. It would have been perfect. Like, I I feel like the hating on this is such a, I feel so bad about it because I feel like, okay, I feel like this, it's not a bad director for what it was. Like, you just made poor choices by choosing this story, yeah. but, like, Northanger Abbey could have been fucking hilarious with this, and it, I'm just so bummed that they decided not to do it, like, they de- that they didn't do yeah. it, and, oh, The banter man. between, um... Uh, William Elliot and Anne would have worked so well for Tilney and Catherine. Just like mm-hmm. that shit talking. Oh my god. I think it would have mm-hmm. worked really well. They would have had to like dumb it down for Catherine a little bit because Catherine's not really witty. She's definitely she's just naive. Like she's naive. Like and yeah. she's funny in her naivete you know. But like fucking Tilney. Tilney like Oh my god. Tilney would have been perfect. Like, Sam, like, Henry Golding as Tilney would have been fucking gold. Catherine is Cusco, and um, (laughs) Isabella can be Kronk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, they just made poor choices with the story here, and I think that's unfortunate. Like, I also think, so I brought up earlier, you know that scene, there, that scene on the beach where, like, we have to be told that Anne is reliable and steadfast and stuff? Mm-hmm. I'm like, first off, why do you have this scene happening now? You should have had it happen after Louisa got hurt because we would have seen, and then Anne acting, ste- like, acting Step steadfast in. and reliable, like, you know what I, like, stepping up, you know? That would have made sense. But instead yeah. they added in the scene because I guess they felt like they needed to make sure people knew that Sam, that Anne was reliable because they weren't showing it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like all we've been shown at that point is that she is a drunk person who can flirt 
who is good with children and can be speak Italian to make fun of her sister. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> I mean, even thinking of uh when they're in the forest and they go for the walk and she hurts her leg, right? It's after the she's about a pee scene. And she gets in the carriage. I think the 2007 one really captured her demure, like, personality. And then this one, she's mm -hmm. just, like... Like, they even... I think it's Louisa that calls her proud because she was told by Captain Frederick, like, oh, she's proud. Like, you don't know Anne like I do. Mm -hmm. And straight up insults her to Louisa, who thinks highly of her. I don't know mm -hmm. how that happened. Um... And no, it, called, none of it made sense. And ends up calling uh, Anne too proud to get in the carriage, so she gets in the carriage. Mm -hmm. It just and and then she has like this little like smirk smile, like when she gets in the carriage, where like Cosimo is giving us that longing, like he's giving this look that like he's showing without he's telling her. us that he still feels for her, and she's giving us this stupid smile. Uh, uh. I'm just yep. so bummed. I, them changing Anne's character really just ruined this for me. I'm sorry. I guess it's great for people like your husband to just want the rom-com. And so good for them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's funny is I looked up on Rotten Tomatoes to see what the, the score was. Mm -hmm. And it looks like the critics rate it 32%. Mm -hmm. And the audience rates it 67%. Yeah. So, so it so looks I guess... like critics, like the people that would have the actual, I'm assuming, mm -hmm. have rated it much lower than the general public. Yeah. But I still feel like you still, I feel like they still could have done persuasion as actual persuasion well if they had just tried. I really do. Kind of I'm just bummed. An example of what not to do <laughs> and mm -hmm. how you really can fuck up a Jane Austen adaptation. The plot cannot carry you if you have a bad writer or director. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because 67% I feel like isn't something to like be super duper proud of. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just, but... how long has this movie been out? So... Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like this movie was just such a disappointment with what it could have been. <sighs> and I'm, like, trying not to be a snob. Like, I really am. Like, I'm trying. Like, I rewatched it, and I was like, okay, like, look at this as not, like, a Jane Austen snob. Like, because I don't consider myself a Jane Austen snob. Because I still can try and enjoy things without being, like, Oh, I have to be a purist. It has to be blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, there are great things about this adaptation. The diverse casting in this adaptation should be oh, a right. reminder that you can fucking have a diverse cast in Jane Austen and have it make sense and still be awesome. You know? Yeah. Like, I didn't question the Musgroves at all, you know? Like, they were a multiracial family. Um, Henry Golding, I wasn't like, ooh, why is this Asian guy in here? I was like, ooh, look at that man. Isn't he yeah. handsome, you know? like, I, And I feel like that's something that Austin adaptations have needed for so long. Like, you can have a adaptation a pure Austin adaptation with a diverse cast and it still have it be good but I feel like so many people are gonna just like look at this as like a failure and I worry that they're going to slop in the whole diverse casting with that failure and I don't think they should because I think the casting was one of the highlights of this yeah, I mean, thinking of Bridgerton, I think that's one of the really good um, impacts mm -hmm. of yeah. Shondaland and having a diverse cast. Yeah, so I think um, I I think the only time I was confused by the casting for like half a second was Mary when she first showed up. I was like, oh, she's a little young for what I thought the character was, but then I just got over it. Like, so fast. Well, she's supposed to be young. Like, she is yeah. the younger sister. I know she's younger, and but I, I guess just, like, from the modern lens of mm. she looks so young, 
and she already had I two think kids. She's like, but yeah, I think she's twenty five. Yeah, I think I think Mary is supposed to be twenty five because Anne's twenty seven. Um, Elizabeth is the oldest, and she's headed towards like. 29-ish, I think. Like, I think she's 29, headed to 30. And mm-hmm. so, Mary would be the youngest, and I think she's 25. Okay. Yeah. She's she between, like, like, 20... Uh, she's she between, like, like she 23, 25. When I first saw her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does look, like, she does look, like, um, like, young 20s. Like, yeah, early 20s, but, yeah. But I got over but like, it real fast. Yeah, she probably got married when she was 18. Yeah. You know, um, like, that's that's what they're supposed to do back then. <laughs> what, what did you think about what they did to Lady Russell's character? Okay. I loved it. I really? thought that was a highlight. I actually thought that, I thought Lady Russell was a bit of a highlight. Like, thinking of the source material of a Persuasion book, or, like, Thinking of the source material. Yeah? I think, um, okay, so Mary Musgrove is 22, and then 22 to 23. Okay. I just looked it up, sorry. <laughs> I thought she that was a highlight, because I feel like oh, she was able to provide herself to be a co- confidant to Lady Russell, I mean, to Anne, in a way that just made more sense to me. I felt like in the, bu- uh, in the book, I felt like she was still a little bit too, like, snobby in a way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a li- still yeah. a little bit too, like, like... More like I, she would try to, she would side more with, um, she would side more with like Sir Walter and Elizabeth a bit more than you, like, you know what I mean? That Anne maybe. Whereas in this one, I liked that she provided Anne with a confidant, uh, more so than we got in the book, more like Mm -hmm. a mother figure. And I like how, um, I, I liked. How she was able to tell things to Anne, like, straight. Like, I mean, if you do think about it, if we were, if it was now and you were pining after someone for eight years, I'm not going to lie to you, Denise. I probably would have been like, dude, he hasn't texted, fucking get over him. Like, it's time to move on. Yeah. Like, and I like that Lady Russell does that. Hmm. I guess... Because of the way I pictured her is I wanted her to be how I expected, which is more of a Mm. snob. But it's Mm. true what you said. It does make more sense the way she is in this movie. And I mean, she wasn't, she was a likable character in the movie. Mm. I liked who she was, like she said. She was a confidant. Um, I guess it just, it kind of made sense too, though. uh, Thinking of the 2007 one and the book of... Her being a snob, it's one of the reasons it made sense, too, why she didn't want Anne to marry him. And mm-hmm. to the point where she convinced her to give up the marriage. Or the... the Whatever the word is. The engagement. Engagement, yeah. And to the point where even in the future would constantly um, advise Anne on what to do when it came to other parts of her life. But, yeah, I, I mean, feel like you could they... also rationalize that you don't have to be a snob to think he wasn't a good match at 19. It's true. I, I, I feel like they kind of made her a hypocrite in the fact that, like, I would say based off her character, I still think it makes sense that she told Anne, like, no, you shouldn't marry him. Mm-hmm. But she also, like, turned herself into a hypocrite because, like, in that same sentence, like, you know, when they're in their room at the beginning and she's telling her to get over him and stuff, she, like, also is, like, you'll find a man who you love one day and who will fight for you, like, and that's who you deserve to be with. It's like, well, then that's just hypocrisy right then. Like, <laughs> like do you want her to be with a good match because he's stable or because he loves her because... Like, mm. you just said, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like, to, but I still feel like for her character, it still made sense for her to have advised 19-year-old Anne, like, hey, you shouldn't marry this guy who has no prospects and is literally about to go off to war and could die and you will be left with nothing. Like, I feel like that's another thing this movie didn't really provide us with is, like, we're just told that she's persuaded not to marry him. And we're not really given much reason as to why. Like, we're pretty much just supposed to assume it has to do with because he was poor. And, like, that was a part of it. But another part of it was also, like, Lady Russell had, like, some really fine points. Like, she straight up was like, he was just a soldier. We were still at war. He could have left you. Like, you could have been married and he could have left you and the next day been dead. Like, like, it it made sense. Like... He, if he, I feel like if he had offered for Anne, if while well, he had like a more stable job, like when we meet Wentworth, we see him with more stability than he had when they were 19, when she was 19. And yeah. so, like, the Wentworth we meet, like, it's like, yeah, why would you turn him down? Whereas the Wentworth we don't meet, it like, it makes a little more sense as to why she would have, like. You know what I mean? Like, why she would have yeah. been given that advice and why Anne would have followed that advice. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. My oh, biggest my issue with Lady Russell is, besides the hypocrisy, is, um, really quickly, is in that scene at the beginning again, when she tells Anne, Anne, if he still loved you, why hasn't he written? Bitch! Because he couldn't! You didn't do that back then! <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, did no one know how courtship worked back then? If you weren't engaged, you couldn't write the opposite sex. It was yeah. not done. So it's like a that's text. why. <laughs> yes. I'm like, this isn't like waiting. It's not like he was ghosting her while they were texting, lady. Like, he literally... Unless he wanted to ruin Anne's reputation, he couldn't write her a letter. That is, like, that's why. So, that was my biggest, that was my biggest thing with Lady Russell. I was like, why did they have her say that? That's so dumb. (laughs) Really? I just, all I think of when I um, think of her character is at the ending where she goes on the European tours. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I'm not sure that ne- I'm not sure if that should have been put in. I still loved it though. I was like, you get it, Lady Russell. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I can't hate her character. She did have that iconic line at the beginning. Yeah. Why do you think I go on so many tours? <laughs> I don't think they should have had like. I feel like if they wanted to stick true to like the characters, like Anne especially, like I don't think they should have had her say it like that to Anne. Like, maybe yeah. they could have, like, hinted at it, you know? That was, I would say that was, like, would be the one thing. Like, I think I love that they had her, like, that be her character, but maybe it should have been hinted at instead of, like, that whole conversation when she was like, Lady Russell! Like, because that was just a little not Anne. But <laughs> what can you do? A- actual Anne would have actual been Actual Anne would have been blushing. like... <gasps> Except for the fact that, like, sex has been alluded to, like, a few times in this movie already. So, like, I feel like going back to that scene with Anne and, um, Anne and Lady Russell in the beginning, like, Anne, like, says something, like, about, she, like, alludes to how, like, oh, he was the only one she's ever wanted to fuck. But, like, she alluded it, alluded to it with something else, but I can't remember what she said. Yeah, but, like, sex has been alluded to in this, uh, movie for a while. Yeah. So, one of my biggest issues with this movie, too, by the way, is at the end, when they had fucking no. Henry Goldine and that and her get I married, Penelope? I was like, I was like, Uh-oh. no, 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 they don't get married. We know he's a terrible person because he sets her up as his mistress. That like. That is what makes him a horrible person. Making him marry her, like, redeems him. And it doesn't even, like, make sense contextually, I guess you can say. Why is it that he, who came to, like, fuck over um, her dad, Sir Walter, 
marrying someone that's below mm-hmm. him. Like that. Like how can he? It doesn't. Yeah, make sense. it bothered me. Like I know in the book, I remember it being like, oh, people were scandalized because he set her up as his mistress, and so obviously she can't marry um Sir Russell. But the book like is like, but. You know, who knows? Maybe she might talk uh, this guy into marrying her. Like, it kind of leaves it open. Like, oh, maybe she can. (laughs) But we get, like, he's made so much more evil by having her be his mistress. Because that ruins her. Like, it ruins her. Yeah. And while also... And, yeah, like, he was literally, like... That he's removing two... mm -hmm. From the pool of making to of confirming his titles. Well, he's he's trying to get the one that he wants, which is Anne. But he's taking out. He's making her the. He's making Penelope the mistress, so she still can't get married to um, Sir Russell to provide heirs. Like, because if he married Anne, but Sir Russell still married Penelope, like he could still somehow get taken out of the line of succession. So, like, for him, he's like, okay, I want Anne, but I also want my money, so I need to make sure that she cannot get with Sir Walter, so she'll just be my mistress. Like, he was doing that. Like, he wants his cake. Exactly. Exactly. And the ending was just so, it felt so rushed at the same, like, it just didn't make sense. And they fucked... It was a lighthearted rom-com It was, ending. but they fucked up the most beautiful part of Persuasion, which is Wentworth's letter. Like, he has... First off, why did they have... Why did they when have fucking he... Dakota Johnson narrate it? Dude, when he fucking starts, like, they start having a conversation about their love, I'm like, that is not Jane Austen! I'm so mad. But I'm like the letter is, and the they best took part it out. Like they did take it out, but they had her read it, and I was like, "You literally had the lines that people like fall over themselves for, which is the I'm half agony, I'm half agony, agony, half hope." Like he has like all of these romantic lines that just aren't hitting because. Of the way the scene is set up, who they have narrating it, like, it was just such a miss. And I'm like, this is considered to be one of the most romantic things ever written, okay? It is, it literally is considered one of the most romantic things ever written. And you are fucking it up. How are you doing this? How? Yeah. So, that ending ending was was so rough. Also... On my notes for this, by the way, I put felt too long. I looked at how long this movie was. It's not long at all. It really just felt like wrong. Like, it really just felt long to me. (laughs) Yeah, it was an hour and a half, no? Which is really short. Yeah, it felt way longer to me. (laughs) And to touch on one thing that I don't think a lot of people are touching on with this one, because obviously, like, we're not expert, like, people aren't experts in it, but... And I'm not either, but I'm going to just say it. The fucking costumes in this. I was getting so mad at Dakota Johnson's costumes <gasps> because it felt like everyone else I bought was in the Regency era except for her. I was like, there was literally one scene where I'm like, she looks like she's a fucking working woman from the 1920s. She literally had like that cap. And I'm just like, the fuck is happening here? And the collar. I, I was like, the fuck? Oh my God. Listen, I remember, I remember thinking this, and I was like, I want to talk about this. I feel that in the 2007 one, one of the most subtle ways that they really highlighted Anne's character is how she dressed. She looked like some, like, just homespun, bottom of the closet, um, hand-me-downs that she wore, and it really highlighted who Mm -hmm. Anne was. She's not someone that really focused on her character. And in this one, like, her shit, like, a lot of the times looked Mm -hmm. really nice and, like, very fashionable. 
um, compared to the people around her. Whereas Anne in two thousand seven, well, like, looks very not. fashionable. Like, everyone around her looked like they tried. Well, and looks she very just fashionable because they made her more modern looking. Sense. While everyone else, they were like, let's make sure they look a little more regency, and then Anne's a little more modern. And I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, yep, it ugh, just didn't. so stupid. And, like, part of it, too, is, like, yeah, Anne's no. character was, um, you know, like, the whole, like, she lost her bloom and then she gets it back. And I know, like, they probably didn't want to do that storyline because they have Dakota Johnson. Like, how can you have Dakota Johnson lose her bloom? But, like, they could have tried to do it in some way. And the reason she gets her bloom back isn't because she, like, oh, a man suddenly loves her. Like... It's because she's away from her family in Lyme. Like, she is being healthy and she seems happier. Like, even though, like, it, she thinks that Wentworth and Louise are going to get married, she still seems happier because she's, like, finally, like, accepting her, her for herself and, like, I feel like starting to move on. And they didn't really have that in this. And I thought that was a lost opportunity. Yeah, like, she had a life outside mm-hmm. of Frederick. And then, the, and, I mean, especially seen with how she would visit that one widow and other... Yeah, her widow friend wasn't do. even in here. And this one, she was just kind of... In this one, it was, like, I think her only friend was the bunny <laughs> that she would carry randomly. I don't know where that bunny came from, but... <laughs> but, I don't fucking know either. I just randomly saw it, and I was like, I seen... It was, this is the second scene with the bunny. Where the fuck's the bunny from? Because the bunny is a pet. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was okay. Yeah, I mean, I rated it four stars as a general movie, but as a Jane Austen fan, like you can't rate it more than like two stars. It, it, it didn't even work as like a a modern twist fantasy world mm-hmm. type persuasion. There was you had to give it so much yeah leeway. So, yeah, that is our take on persuasion, which sounds like pretty much everyone else's take, but hey, <laughs> now you know. Yeah, but these are yes. our thoughts. <laughs> uh, so, we might do more of these depending on what people think. Um, supposedly these people are working on another are like working on other Jane Austen adaptations for Netflix who knows if Netflix will keep them after this I don't know but um if you know if they take our advice and do Northanger Abbey hey maybe I'll watch it (laughs) yeah give them Northanger Abbey do not give them another do oh not, God. oh my what God, be the next Mansfield Park, Mansfield Park. Do? Oh my God, no. Mm. Oh, oh God, if God. they touch, they if they no. touch Mansfield Park with the same, uh, 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 no. Can you imagine Fanny fucking Price yeah. with these people? I, I, I don't even know. Fanny Price oh is my a raging God. alcoholic. <laughs> oh my God. Although, if they take Fanny Price, see, if they take Fanny Price, like, the thing is, we saw none of, like, actual Anne in this Anne, but what if they took Fanny Price and turned her into, like, this, like, religious zealot? Maybe. (laughs) Like, maybe they could do that. (laughs) She turns, she turns to a cult. And <laughs> no, oh, she later. would never be a leader. It's Fanny Price. Like she could never be a leader, but <laughs> True. so we'll see. Um, give, I hope they do Northanger Abbey. Um, I hope they do too. I would love a, yeah. another adaptation. We have one um, and it's okay. It's cute, but I, I don't know. I, I love Northanger Abbey. It's one of my top Jane Austen. It's Pride and Prejudice, Northanger Abbey. Like, P&P, Northanger Abbey, Sense and Sensibility, Emma, Persuasion, Mansfield Park is my order right now. Um, 
the middle kind of changes, but Northanger Abbey generally is always going to be second. P&P is always first. Um, I know Emma's it is. Mm-hmm. Have you? But I feel like P&P is a close second. Have you second. even seen? I have not. I told my husband we're going to watch it Okay, please weekend, do. So. It's actually really good. Um, I will say this, though. I, yeah, I will say I this, though. I wish that they had done what Persuasion was. Is like, the only thing that I think could have improved this one was a diverse cast. Hmm. Got it. I heard but it's, good things I about still love it, it so. but maybe, maybe now though, like, may, hopefully now we'll see diverse casting in Austin. Like going forward, I'm hoping that we will. Yeah. I mean, I think any, any period, period piece. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to like stick to mm-hmm. a historically accurate cast. I don't think it no. really adds much, except like, oh wow, it was really yeah. Light like back then. I feel like if you. <laughs> People, like, people, everyone's still gonna know. It was super white back then. You know, like, don't, like, trust that your audience isn't dumb, okay? <laughs> Although. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, this has been Bacord about Persuasion. I'm Megan. And no, we will talk at you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>